0: Welcome to the Jornaya Talks Mortgage Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Eshelman, the head of consumer finance at Jornaya. My guest today is one of America's most connected mortgage professionals, the executive vice president, national retail at Gold Star Mortgage, author, trainer, speaker extraordinaire,
1: Eric Mitchell. How are you doing today? I'm good, Mike. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. I see
0: we're both bundled up because we're here in freezing Los Angeles. California. Today. Yeah.
1: 55 degree weather. Oh, it's winter here. It's 55. My goodness. Yeah, I know. I was born and raised in Canada. So my Canadian friends watching this, I apologize I'm not representing well. Uh, but for California, it's it's a it's a little chilly. Yeah. I'm I'm native to
0: Southern California. This is abnormal. I think uh I saw something we hit a record number of days over 70 degrees. It was a hundred and I mean, almost 200 days straight of being over 70 degrees. So now I'm bundled up and bought a little space heater. We're spoiled. I'm weak. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for joining. Super excited to have you on. Uh, we just got acquainted with one another recently. Um, but it's funny, I, I saw that you're one of the most connected mortgage professionals uh, in the country. And it's funny that when we got connected on LinkedIn, we have like hundreds of people, mutual connections. Uh, it's like, wow, this guy's a serious player here. So thank you for joining the podcast and through our conversations and conversations you've had, uh, with some other folks at Jornaya, uh, we learned that, uh, you wrote a book and I'm thrilled to have you on so we can actually talk about the book. Uh, I think it's, it's a perfect fit Uh, for what's going on today in the mortgage industry and and what's going on with loan officers. Um, But before we really get into that, do you mind giving us some background on yourself? How long, how'd you get into mortgage? How long have you been in mortgage Uh, and
1: and what it is that you do at Gold Star? Sure, yeah, I I came into the industry in 1999. I had a background in uh, retail and marketing and moved to the United States, uh, born and raised in Canada, moved to the United States in 1999 um, was, uh, not understanding the American banking system needed to do a little research. Um, so I was trying to apply for a business loan and realized that the American banking system was very different than the Canadian banking system. And so recognized right away, there was a huge opportunity for me to transition my career into something that I required no inventory. It's funny in banking. So mortgage banking lending customers come to us they tell us what they want, then we go get it and then bring it to them and and I don't have to buy inventory and then hope people come and buy my inventory, right? And so I was like, this is brilliant, I love this. So I switched 1999, got into lending, uh, was able to ride the right wave all the way through 2007, eight, nine, went through the crash. I've been with the Gold Star now running uh, national retail since uh, 2015, so February will be six years. Uh, we've gone from 20 branches to just over 50 branches. Uh, we we just broke 500 employees, uh, nationwide. Uh, and, and so we're really proud of what we've been able to do, you know, growing organically, you know, without acquisitions, without, you know, doing anything too crazy. Um, but certainly 2020 has been one of the craziest years I've ever seen in, in the 21 years I've been doing this. 2020, you know, if you had told me that mortgage rates were going to go down to 2.25%, you know, this year, I would have been like, that's insane. There's no way that could possibly happen. And yet here, you know, here is what happened this year. And, and so it's been, uh, it's been crazy, you know, and trying to explain that to loan officers, the craziness and trying to explain it to consumers, the craziness. um, It's hard for anybody to, to, to grasp. Mm -hmm what's been going on this year. So if, I, if you're watching this, I'll try and give you a cliff notes version of what happened to our industry this year. So if you look at the entire mortgage industry of the United States of America, I mean the entire industry, banks, credit unions, mortgage lenders, mortgage brokers, everybody, we have a capacity to do about $2 trillion in mortgages a year, the whole industry. $7 trillion for the mortgages would benefit from a refinance this year. $7 trillion would benefit. And so between the refinances and the purchases on, on top of that, and we only have a capacity of two trillion, it's been complete bedlam trying to deal with this volume. And, and uh, I think the industry is going to do like $4 trillion this year, yeah, by the accurate. end of this year, and we only have a capacity for two, right? And so when you look at that, I mean, it's just it's the amount of stress that's been put on the system this year. Uh, I've never seen it. I mean, I've just never seen anything like this. Um, and so if you're in, in the mortgage industry this year, it's been a great year for us, everybody in the industry. Um, you know, it's been a little stressful, but I I take this stress over the stress of, of, you know, being a restaurant owner, or being a gym owner, or being a business that suffered because of COVID. You know, there's been a lot of people. So it's hard, really hard to celebrate too much. Right. Because our friends that are in other industries are suffering. And so it's good to feel good, but it's also challenging.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's been, um, it has, it's been, it's been a really wild ride. I'll say from my perspective, uh, I've been in the industry 16, maybe 17 years now, uh, started as a loan officer. I mean, this was back when I, uh, I got a phone call from a recruiter. And, you know, he said, your friends are over here working from high school. They told me you'd be a good person to reach out to. Um, And, you know, how much money are you making right now? And I was a financial advisor trainee at Morgan Stanley. um, Making, I think it was literally 20,500 my annual salary rate out of college. Like it was, it was ridiculous, but hey, this is what I want to do long-term. And they said, oh yeah, that's about how much they're making. Um, you know, maybe you should come in. It, it wasn't until we spoke a little bit longer where he said, wait a minute, I'm sorry, is that how much you're making a year or a month? Because your friends are over here doing that every single month. I was Like, oh, really? So I started. I had training in the morning for a few hours, filling out all the H.R. paperwork and then I was taking apps in the afternoon back when licensing was was different and everything. Um, only dealing with prime paper, and uh, and that was my entry into, and it was consumer direct. I would originate a loan, I'd toss it over to processing. In all likelihood, I never saw that file again. You know, that was just the the mechanics of the shop that I was at. Uh, it's great for me. I thought I learned a lot. I didn't realize until this year how much I didn't know. I started paying attention to what's going on in capital markets, right? Like oh. secondary you know, all these, the legislature that's going on, I, I paid attention to nba.org, it, and it's like, wow, I I finally think I know now what a mortgage is. <laughs> this year has been wild. I mean, if you just paid attention to the news, uh, you know, the, the housing wires, national mortgage news, and all those websites, you realize um, how unique this year is. And what's been going on in the industry behind the scenes, which a lot of loan officers don't pay attention to, which is fine. You don't have to. But for me, I'm passionate about knowing more and more and more. It's been completely eye-opening. Uh, its It's been, you know, it really has. It's been wild. What an education. Yeah. It's been crazy year. So before, I mean, I guess rates really started dropping, I'd say the end of February. Um, I noticed a, a quote that, that you said on march 5th which is you know if you're not making a million dollars this year as a loan officer like
1: basically come talk to you right yeah and- i mean it it really is that kind of year i mean the, the a stat came out from the mortgage Bankers association on uh, first week of october uh they released a stat showing um how many loan officers in the united states had closed over 100 loans so far in the calendar year 2020 so the first nine months There were over 4,000 loan officers that closed over 100 loans in the first nine months, right? Which is almost a million dollars a year or more. 4,000 loan officers were making that kind of production. And so when loan officers say, well, Eric, you got to understand my market. No, 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 stop, 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 stop. Like, I can take any of those 4,000 loan officers, take them out of their market, put them in your market. They're going to do the same activities, get the same results. So it has nothing to do with your market. Has nothing to do with your realtors. Has nothing to do with your systems. Has nothing. Nah, nah, nah. That those are the stories that we tell ourselves that justify our lack of results, but they're not real. It's just a story.
0: And this gets into, this really starts getting into your book, yeah. The Why of money? So, uh, where did the thought come from? How did you? I mean, that's a big commitment to think like, hey, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write a book. I mean, that's a big undertaking. So how did that thought come about? And, and I mean, talk about the book and, and some of the principles that are in it. And, and what you're, I mean, it's, it's coming out the first week in December. So it's it's coming out soon. Everyone should check it out. Um, but yeah, get, let's hear a little bit about how you got started, how the idea came about and, and what the book's about.
1: Sure. So the website is the why of The why of um, And so it, it started in, in my thought, training started in about 2002 One uh one of my mentors started asking me you know why do you want to make a million dollars right i was going at my my career right 2002 2003 i was starting to earn a lot more money right it was becoming easier and easier and easier to make a lot of money in those years and he asked me why i wanted the money and you know i started talking to him about you know security and safety and savings and retirement and he's just like yeah no 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 no. really why do you want the money right because i was giving him the politically correct answers but that wasn't why i really wanted the money The the real reason i wanted the money is because i had something to prove to my dad that was it right i had had a tumultuous relationship with my dad um i wanted to prove him wrong he always told me i'd never ever get there right my old childhood and so I, I had something to prove I had a chip on my shoulder and and so when I started talking about that right when it, when he he pulled back the layers of the onion right and I, so I started talking about that and I and I started to cry right he's like now now we're there now let's talk about that how bad do you want to prove your dad wrong I said oh my god I'd crawl on broken glass to prove him wrong are you kidding me mm-hmm. I would I would swim an ocean to prove him wrong. You have no idea what I I'd be. Okay. Now now there's a driver. Mm-hmm. Now let's let's channel that into your activities. Right. And and my career just went like this. I mean it was just like woo wee. It was like, I mean I was just pile driving through obstacles because I was very clear on why I wanted the money now. And so my my activities became clear. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I no longer had any distractions. My, my blinders were on, no peripheral, no shiny widgets, right? It was just boom, activities. And, and so noticing what that happened, how that drove me, right? And, I, and, and I've always had mentors in my life, but I started latching onto more and more mentors, trying to replicate, emulate people that were more successful than me. Mm-hmm. And I started to see patterns. Right, I was, I was, I was attaching myself to enough self-made millionaires, right? And I would look at the self-made millionaires, and then I would look at the people struggling, and I started to see the patterns. It was like, oh, yeah, there's very consistent, yeah, ding, 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 ding. yep. And so then I started taking notes, like what, what were the answers that they were giving me, and how do I emulate that, right? Because, and so one of the things that I've always tried to focus on is. is If you're going to give me advice on something, the first thing I need to figure out before I take your advice is, are you qualified to give me the advice? Right. And so I I joke about this, but, you know, I'm divorced twice. And so I'm not qualified to give anybody relationship advice. Right. Now, does that mean I have I don't have opinions? No, I have very specific opinions. Right. But I'm not qualified to give them Mm -hmm. because my results show that whatever my strategy is doesn't work. So whatever my opinions are, they're based on a strategy that doesn't work, but they're my opinions, right? So they resonate with me, but I don't share them because they don't work. Okay. So when you want to make more than a million dollars a year in set in sales, whether it be mortgages, real estate, insurance, it doesn't matter. Right. There are those that are doing it. Right. And, And so if you emulate those strategies, you get those results. Right. And so, one of the things that I learned very quickly is that when you ask a self-made millionaire why they want to make more than a million dollars a year, it's never, ever, never one time about the money. Ever. That is never the answer. (laughs) The people that are making less than a million dollars are focused on the money. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they don't make more than a million dollars a year because they're focused on the wrong thing. Right, the people making more than a million dollars a year are focused on why they want the money. And as we were uh,
0: right before we we hit the record button here, I was actually telling you a, a little story about when I was running marketing at a consumer direct uh, mortgage company, and it was uh, about 115 loan consultants, and two people stood out in my mind. Right, uh, the first Monday through Friday, 40 hours a week you're not going to see him on the weekends. You're not going to see him get in there early or stay late. And when he was there, head down, doing all of his sales activities, taking care of his loans, consistently a top performer refused to work extra hours because for him, he had a family at home that he wanted to spend time with and cherish that and he wanted to support you know, everything they wanted to do, have the house, go on vacations, do all that other stuff. But it was time with his family that meant more than anything. So don't talk to me, go away, I'm working. Like That was just a mentality. He was a beast. And then the other one was, you, you couldn't get him out of the place. I mean, he was putting in so many hours, he loved it. But I mean, he was a workhorse and both of them were consistently successful, but especially that one stood out in my mind because it's, everyone said, how can he do that? Just working these hours, it, it, it was, he was completely in the zone and focus. He knew exactly why he was there and how, what his purpose was. It was brilliant.
1: I loved it. And, and so that clarity of why, that clarity of why do I want the money brings you clarity of activities. Right, so if, if my why is I need to get home to my family for dinner every night, then I'm gonna create systems during the day that enable me to do that, mm-hmm. right? And if, and if that's not your why, then you won't create the systems that get you home for dinner every night, right? So you've got another guy who that's not his why. He's not trying to get home for dinner, right? He just wants to make the most amount of money possible. And so he's just gonna oh, work out grind. And so there are two different whys. But so so what I, what I noticed Right? I started to take notes as to when people say, well, the real reason I want the money is. There we go. that, And, and, I, would, and I learned how to peel back the layers of the onion, just like it was done to me. And I, one of the things that I learned is that it's not your why unless when you talk about it, you're crying. If you can talk to me about your why and you're not crying, it's not your why.
0: <laughs>
1: you're giving me the politically correct version of it. Um, So, I was talking to a guy today, you know, he's making, you know, about $150,000 a year, Uh, he works at a bank, he's got a wife and eight kids, right? So, if you're watching this, can you raise eight kids earning $150,000 a year? No, there's no, not today, no, there's no way. And so, I said to him, you know, so, walk me through what making a million dollars a year would mean to you. He said, oh my God, I'd be able to help my kids with college, I'd be able to, and he gave me all the politically correct reasons. I said, no, nah, no, nah, man, no, nah, no. Nah. So give me an example, right? You got a wife, you got eight kids. I got to assume that you love your wife. You worship the ground she walks on. You've got eight kids. Every other guy would have stopped at two or three. You didn't stop, right? You kept going. <laughs> I'm assuming you love this. Or he goes, oh my God, I worship her. I said, okay. So give me an example of something that, that you could do that would make her weep. And he said, oh, I, I know exactly what it is. If we could buy a farm again. I was like, again? So you had a farm you had to sell it because yeah, we had to sell the farm. It's like, okay. So if you could buy a farm, okay, so what does it cost to buy a farm? He says, Oh my God, it's like six hundred thousand dollars to buy a farm. It's like, okay, so six hundred thousand dollars, you're talking about a mortgage payment of five thousand dollars, you know, that's a loan. That's a loan a month. One loan a month. One loan. Run your own PL, right? Gross margins, all that, net, you're that's one extra loan a month. Okay. she got eight kids. So let's build a compound on the farm, right? Drop in uh, double wide, whatever. All, every kid gets their own house on the compound, whatever. There's another loan a month. Taking your family on a vacation every year, all expense paid, everybody, grandkids, the whole, there's another one loan a month. So for three loans a month extra, you've got your farm back, you've got an entire compound for your entire family and a family vacation for 10 days, all expense for three loans a month. He's like, Oh my God. Okay, what do I need to do? Okay, there it is. Yeah. Now you're ready to change. Now you're ready to do the activities because there's clarity of what you'll do with the money. Why do you want the money? Now you'll change. Without that clarity, we just keep doing the same thing over and over because it's com- it's what we know. It's comfortable. And and you know, there's so many books about that. You know, good to great is one that sticks out in my mind. Right. Like, what's the enemy of great? Good. Because if things are good, you don't change. As long as you're good and you don't change, you never become great. And and so how do you go from good to great? How do you break that cycle of being comfortable? And and it's painful, it hurts. It does, change hurts. Anybody who says change is easy, no, no. Oh my God, no, change is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. And, and, And you gotta understand that, you gotta embrace that. You know, I, I talk to parents, you know, you, you, you think about having a, a two-year-old, right? Anybody who's had a two-year-old at home, what happens if you break their routine? <laughs> Chaos, pandemonium, anarchy. I, you need routine. And, and as adults, we never grow out of that.
0: You got to be in my house right now because, like, I have a two-year-old. He's literally turning two in, in a few weeks. And legit, we have to stay with the routine to get him down, to get him fed, you know, so that everything runs smoothly. We know exactly what to do. And when we break that, it's, diff- but it's funny. You,
1: you're saying Think we're, of we're all still like that in a different way. Think about as an adult, when you wake up in the morning, do you get out of bed the same way? Do you shower the same way? Do you have coffee the same way? Do you drive to work the same way? Do you turn your computer on the same way? Do you? Yes. Yes to all of the above. How many times have you gotten home, right? And, and you pull in the driveway and you realize, I don't even remember exiting the freeway.
0: <laughs> right.
1: right, Cause you're on cruise control, right? You're going through life on cruise control in your routine. And as long as you continue to do that, you'll achieve the same results. And so I'll say to people in mortgages or real estate or whatever, I'll, let's use mortgage as an example. I'll say to a loan officer, how, how long have you been in the business? What year did you come to the business? Oh, I came to the business in two thousand seven. Great, you're in the business in two thousand seven. How many loans did you close in the last ninety days? Well, Eric, you gotta understand. No, no, I don't want a story. I, I, I just want a number. I got, I've got a box this big. It's big enough for a number. That's all I want. I want to know. <laughs> How many loans did you close the last in the last ninety days? Well, I closed twelve loans in the last ninety days. Okay, so four loans a month. Great. So you think you've been in the mortgage business 13 years. You have not been in the mortgage 13 years. You've been in the mortgage business one year, 13 times. That's it because you're not learning. You're not adapting. You're not growing. You're not advancing. You're not implementing. Right. And and, and I know that that's not easy to hear. Right. It doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And I've had coaches and mentors in my life. Right. Where, you know, when you have a coach in your life, you know what a coach's job is? The coach's job is to hold up a mirror, put it in front of you and say, this is the problem. This is the problem. Now, what are we going to do about that? And it doesn't feel good to look in a mirror and say, this is the problem. Like I don't feel good when that happens to me, but that's what it is. And so what's what's your ability? What's my ability? What's anybody's ability to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I'm the problem. What am I going to do to change me? It has nothing to do with the market. It's not my spouse's fault. It's not my kid's fault. It's not realtor's fault. It's not borrower's fault. It's not. No, it's not my underwriter's fault. Nope. I need to learn and adapt. Now the question becomes to what? What am I going to adapt to? How do I learn what I should be doing instead? You know, all of that's available, right? You just got to read more, watch more, learn more. Um, and, and so I, what i try to do in the book is chapter one is all about the five, five whys, right? There's only five reasons. There's only five mechanisms, uh, latch onto one of them. And then the other chapters in the book are all how here's how apply this, here's how apply this, here's how apply this, but, but if you don't know why you want the money, then you're not going to do the activities. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I caught a glimpse of the activities.
0: I mean, there's nothing mind bending
1: no. That's, that's, that's not complicated. That's, no, nothing's complicated. Hold on. Anybody watching this, if I can do it, you can do it. Like there's no, oh my God, it's incredibly simple. And, and one of the analogies I use all the time is, is do you know there's a top secret two, two strategies, two simple things you can do every day to, to lose weight? Right? It's exercise more and eat less. That's it. Very simple. Right? And yet, two-thirds of our nation is dramatically overweight or obese. So it's not, it's not that it's complicated, it's the daily discipline of doing the activity. Yeah. Daily discipline of doing the activity. But you won't do the daily discipline if you don't know why you want it. You just won't. Yeah, we, so running marketing before,
0: I, you know, I had my goals of driving in a certain number of inbound calls, based on the headcount, based on the production, based on you know every in the business plan, what, what we wanted to do we would drill down to the loan officers to say, here's how many inbound calls you need to take. Tough job, right? Pick up the phone. But when wow. we, whenever we put out the, you got to answer this number of calls to get these apps, so on and so forth. We saw people who would consistently answer that number of phone calls. I would drive in a larger number of phone calls, they would still just take the minimum that came in. Whereas we had other people who they realized when, you know, for instance, direct mail, maybe there was a delay and one drop and then the other one got in. So we had two drops hitting about the same time, creating way too many phone calls at one time. You would still have people who were just taking, you know, the bare minimum doing that activity. And guess what the results were,
1: you, you know? And and in sales, it's incredibly predictable, right? They used to call it the 80-20 rule, right? 80% of your production is going to come from 20% of the staff or whatever that is. Now in 2020, it's more 95-5, right? It's 95% of your results are going to come from 5% of your team, you know? And and the result of that is people not understanding the need to specialize. Um, Going into the new revolution you have to specialize at something. And one of the comparisons I make is to being a doctor. But if you're a general doctor, you're going to make about, I don't know, $300,000 a year because you want to help everybody. But if you're a specialist, you're a neurosurgeon, one thing, you're going to make about $3 million a year doing one thing. Hold on. If you're the best neurosurgeon in America, now you're making $30 million a year. So let me ask you, do you want to help everybody? No. Yeah. And, and so how do you adjust your mindset into being a specialist? I'm not here. So here's what I would wish for anybody in sales is understanding that your goal every day is to go out into the marketplace, be as valuable as possible to come home to your family with as big a paycheck as possible by being valuable. That's it. And so, so leaving your family in the morning, right? Kissing your spouse goodbye, kissing your kids goodbye, going out on the marketplace, right? You're going out to earn a living, right? You're going out to make money by being valuable, not by harming anybody, only by helping people, right? Stay within your integrity, stay within your moral value system, right? Helping people, helping people, helping people by being valuable. And so whatever you're saying, whatever your script is, whatever your methodology is, whatever your, your strategy is, is it valuable? to the people in front of you the same way a neurosurgeon is valuable to somebody who needs a neurosurgeon, right? Are you that valuable? And if the answer is no, then you need to learn how to become that valuable. And don't say, oh, that doesn't exist. It's all around you, right? 4,000 loan officers closed more than 100 loans by September 30th this year. Don't tell me you're not surrounded by it. You're surrounded by it. You're just choosing not to adopt it. That's it now why? why? Why do you want the money or why don't you want the money? Do you, feel worth, do you even feel worthy of the money? I, it's fascinating to me how many people have been raised to not feel worthy of it. And I hear, you know, money is the root of all evil, right? It's like, wow, really? It's the root of all evil? So you're telling me you can't give more money to your church if you have more money? You're telling me you can't help people that need more help if you have more. I can tell you it is far easier to be a contributing member to your community if you're making more than a million dollars a year. It's a lot easier.
0: Yeah, I have some friends who are very passionate about charity and, and donate over half of what they make to charity and man are they driven.
1: They are driven. Yeah. And, and so for them, so that's one of the whys, by the way, uh, I call it legacy. Right? So so they've achieved X and now they're looking to um, create some sort of permanency, some sort of reason. I exist because. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's one of the five. Right? You, maybe you want to build a hospital in a third world country. Maybe you want to build a school. Maybe you want to build an orphanage. Maybe you want to. You know, whatever it is that you're trying to do, maybe you want to, you know, take your church to the next level. Maybe you want to uh, help homeless people. Maybe you want to, I don't whatever that is for you, right? That could be a driver. Absolutely. That can be a driver for some people.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. I, I look forward. I can't wait to um, to get my hands on the book. I really can. I'm, I'm definitely going to be one purchasing it the uh, uh, the first week in December when it comes out. I don't do digital books by the way, I I I don't,
1: I I, I got, I'm I'm tactile. I need to, I need to have it in my hands.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so I'll be buying the, uh, the the hard copy as soon as it comes out, but, um, you know, thank you so much. Anything else that you want to, uh, any other nuggets of wisdom about the book or about mortgage 2020 or anything like that?
1: Um, no, I mean, um, there's a lot of free resources out there. You know, a lot of people, some people say, you know, I have to spend money to make money. No, you know, not There's something, there's this really cool invention called YouTube. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of it or not, right? The second there's most there's popular one. search you can me. You can check me out on YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel, lots of videos for free that you can watch that talk about, you know, try this, try this, try this, try this. Just watch them, right? Apply the strategies that resonate with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Learn from people that are one of one of my core principles is is if you want to give me advice on something, right? I just need to know that you're qualified. And so if somebody wants to give you sales advice, right, whatever that is, here's my criteria. You want to give me sales advice? Hold on, stop before you before you give me the advice. I need to see your income. Now, if you earn an annual income with an extra zero, my income plus a zero, I will take your advice. I'm in. I will take notes. I will implement immediately. But if you don't, then I don't want your advice, right? Because if I take your advice, I'm going to get your results, and I don't, I don't want your results, right? And so I find loan officers and real estate agents and other salespeople, they take advice from the person in the cube next to them. They take advice from their peer, right? And so you're always going to get that result, and, and, it, and it's just misery serves misery. Find the biggest producer at your company. Find the biggest producer in your market. Do as they do, you get the same result. But you have, to, you have to know why you're going to change into that. Do as they do, you get the same result. And I don't care what market you're in. Perfect. On that note, thank you very much for joining
0: the Jornaya Talks Mortgage Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Uh, can't wait to see the book, read the book, cover to cover. And um, that's it. Thanks for joining the show. Thanks, Mike.